You're listening to the Post Draft Show with my dad, Thelonious Seven. I've already heard from AB and Kevin, but we're obviously very excited about what we were able to do, you know, tonight in the first round. Um, when I talked to all of you last week, you know, we talked about, you know, being a team that's really focused on best player available. And I think we ended up in a really fortunate spot tonight where best player available on our board happened to be a position of a real need, you know, on our team. So uh, that doesn't happen every year, but we were fortunate that that was the case. And, you know, we're thrilled to get uh, Jedrick on our team. My dogs by nature family. I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7 and you're listening to the post-draft version of Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. At the top of the show, Paul D. Podesta puts a bow on the 2020 NFL Draft, a draft that was like no other, and it's finally in the books. In this very special edition of Straight No Chaser, we are going to get some perspective on the newest players added to the dog pound. We are also going to look at the architects of the team and the team building process as well as hear from from the players themselves. Then we will drift, as we often do on this show, into the outlook of the greater AFC North to take a look at some of the other teams in this division and what they were able to accomplish. And spoiler alert, the Bengals and Ravens got a lot better. But I don't want to start off by looking off over my shoulder. Let's get into this draft recap. Thursday night, the Browns surprised literally no one by selecting an offensive tackle at pick 10. Let's listen as general manager Andrew Barry welcomes Jedrick Wills to the Cleveland Browns organization. Big Jed, what's up, man? How we doing? You hear me? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? I'm doing all right, man. Hey, uh, we're going to make you a brown here. We're real excited to get you in, in brown and orange, man. So I'm, uh, I'm so pumped to take you here. Uh, we got Coach, our ownership group on the line. Uh, but congratulations, man. We're excited to make you a brown. You ready to get to man, work? Man, let's do it. Whenever, whenever y'all need me there, let's go. Looking at this pick, it seems like the Browns made a selection based on need and value. But even with that being said, the Browns actually had a selection, a true choice here, between Wirfs, Wills, and Becton. And it's a real choice. And in spots like this, you see what a leadership group truly values. They could have gone with the combine wrecking upside of Tristan Wirfs. They could have also taking the off-the-chart measurables with Makai Becton. But instead, they elected to select the clinician. 6'5", 320 pounds out of Alabama. Let's hear what Deep Podesta has to say about what the Browns Brain Trust was thinking about in this pick. It went really well. I think, I, again, I said this last week, my... my uh... My biggest regret to date is that we're not all in the building together today, you know, today, tomorrow and, and Saturday in order to enjoy, the, enjoy this together, uh, because it really has been a collaborative effort, you know, to this point. Uh, and even with this pick, it was it was highly collaborative. And we were on the phone with uh, with everybody, uh, even at even at 630, you know, tonight, Eastern time with the entire football operation, coaches, scouts, front office people, everybody. 
Um, so hopefully uh, everyone is at home as excited as we are, um, you know, collectively. So it, it really has been seamless. Again, we would have liked to have all been there to celebrate together, but um, I think we've made the most of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, if things fell the right way, you know, as I said uh, before, we have been really focused on best player available. Um, now, as it turns out, we thought that there were a handful of very good tackles on the board this year, and that is a that it was a real need for us. So it, I think it meshed together nicely, but it wasn't something that we thought we have to we have to do this. Um, you know, in terms of remaining flexible, we we were in contact with teams in front of us. We were in contact with teams behind us. Uh, we were prepared for a lot of different eventualities. And uh, you know, earlier today, AB and I were talking and we said, well, we know when we go to bed tonight, we're gonna be a lot better off than we were when we woke up. We just don't know exactly how, you know? And we, we knew there were gonna be some really good players available to us at 10. Uh, we just didn't know who they were gonna be. Um, as it turns out, we you know, got one we're, we're incredibly excited about. That of course was Brown's Minister of Strategy, Paul DePodesta. Uh, we let off the show with Depot, and we have him here today because it's a little strange to hear from this guy on draft day. It's definitely a departure to say the least. Now, it's clear that he's taking a more centralized role in this brain trust, and I think he's done a great job of shedding some light on that selection process. So often, amateurs, not unlike myself, get caught up in the eye-popping workout results. But with Wills, this selection was about tape. It was about production, preparation, and his silky smooth feet. This first selection from Thursday night gets both a high five and a trip to the bar for celebration. And that theme of the draft breaking to the Browns' needs would continue on into day two as well, where the Browns welcomed Grant Delpit. To the south shores of Lake Erie. I think we had a special connection. You know, I, I, I try to be myself in all the interviews. I don't try to fake anything. Um, I think they really just like that, and, um, and I can tell we're on a good page when we leave. So, yeah, I'm so I'm so tired of hearing um, that I can't tackle. I might tackle you for asking that question. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had a high ankle sprain uh, middle of the season, probably week seven or week eight, um, and uh, it was tough. Uh, it, was, it was like Sunday mornings, I could barely walk. Um, but I wanted to be there for my team. Um, not, I think that just me being hurt um, was something that I wasn't worried about. I, I came to LSU with my journey. I wasn't going to let it spring, but, you know, keep me from off the field and generally a national championship. So I want to say, um, show my brothers that, you know, I wasn't going to be this side. Um, I wasn't selfish and uh, it worked out. The Browns entered day two with pick number nine. They slid back a few slots after receiving the fifth round pick from the Colts. And for the second consecutive year, they picked up a player from the LSU secondary. The move back here ended up being a very shrewd one as they were able to acquire assets with little or no downside. And much like the pick in the first round, the Browns had some choices here as well. They could have gone with Antoine Winfield or Jeremy Chin. There, there was, however, this time a guy who the Browns probably would have liked to crack at, and that would have been Kyle Duggar, the guy from Lenore Rhine. He was grabbed by the pillagers from Plymouth who were able to get a few slots ahead of the Browns. 
But the Browns, they still had choices. They were able to get a great value and at a position of need yet again. Some might suggest that Winfield is a better pure free safety, and I actually, you know, I think there's some credence to this. But Delpit is definitely more versatile. He has the skill set that was most alluring to me, and that was the rangy covering ability to help deal with the tight ends in the modern game. All things considered, it looks like this pick also rates as a high five accompanied by celebratory drinking. We got through the first two rounds, so let's take a quick break. You've been listening to the post-draft edition of Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. We'll be right back. After all of the high-fiving and bar-hitting of the first two rounds, it seemed like Cleveland would be inebriated well before the end of this draft. Just listen to the joy in Andrew Barry's voice as he highlights the skill set that Delpit brings to this squad. Uh, Grant Delpit, excited to add him to the team. Uh, Grant, we um, we really viewed him as a, a big, versatile playmaker. He's been a um, uh, really kind of an impact player for LSU over the past two seasons. Uh, our appeal to Grant is the fact that um, you're really just his coverage ability. He's a guy who can play the post. Uh, he can play near the line of scrimmage. Uh, he can cover tight ends. Uh, you know, walk over a slot and, and hold his own against receivers. And he's been a consistent ball producer. Um, throughout his career at LSU. You know, the other thing that stood us, out to us about Grant is just his, his toughness. Uh, he played through this season, really most a lot of the year with a high ankle sprain um, that would have put a lot of players uh, out of commission for a longer period of time. Um, and then the other thing, everyone we talked to at the LSU talked about how bright uh, Grant is and how quickly he can, he can process um, and understand anything football related. And we found that to be the case um, when we met with him, he was certainly one of the more impressive interviews that we had, um, you know, at the combine from a football intelligence standpoint. So we're excited to add him to the roster. We think he's a, a talented young safety um, that can be a, a productive member of our team. There are those who would question the selection of Delpit as well as Wills at the beginning of the draft. But for the most part, I feel like the Browns felt positively about these first two selections and they kind of view them as cornerstone pieces for the long term for this organization. Now, when the Browns ended up trading in the third round, 14 slots back, swapping with the Saints for a third rounder in next year's draft, I think that moment represented a key transition in this draft process. The first two picks they saw as staples, but for the picks from here on out, it almost resembles a lottery or a dartboard draft phase. With the traded pick, the Saints selected Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. And that was a player who seemed like a incredible replacement for Joe Schobert, a guy who is now playing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, getting into the 2021 draft is a move that the analytics folks of old would have been envious of for sure. And that's for good reason too. There's definitely some 
value to be had by getting a team to give you assets from next year's draft class. And I think for the 14 slots that they lost in this trade, I think that they were definitely able to recoup quite a bit of the value, if not even more value, by getting the third rounder next year. Uh, But as a Browns fan, it's difficult for me to watch a player walk away who I think could have helped the squad this year. Uh, But the players that they got uh, in the third round ended up being Jordan Elliott and Jacob Phillips. Now, Jordan Elliott is a 6'4 monster of a man at 315 pounds. Comes from the University of Missouri. He's an old tiger. And Josh Phillips, also a tiger, but from the Louisiana State University. And like Jordan Elliott, Jake Phillips checks in at 6'4". Jake Phillips weighs 233 pounds and he's expected to play outside and inside linebacker for your Cleveland Browns this fall. Let's hear from both third round picks, starting with Jordan Elliott and how he feels about being in Cleveland. It's the blessing, you know, it was actually something that I was actually looking forward to. Um, you know, I, there's no control in the draft, but that was the team that I wanted to go to from the start. You know, uh, I just felt like going to the Browns, you know, I can make a difference on that D-line. And I consider myself a playmaker that just disrupts the middle, um, a pocket pusher in, in the, in the, in the uh, pass game, and just a disciplined run stopper. Uh, that's, that's who I consider myself to be. Jordan Elliott, uh, with his size and strength and his skill set, definitely seems like he can be a contributor to this defensive line group. I do have some questions about Jake Phillips, though. Obviously, the team liked him and went out of their way to select him at this position when other players on the board could have been helpful to the team as well. Let's hear from Jake Phillips, the newest LSU Tiger to become a Cleveland Brown. It feels amazing, uh... It was just, I've been playing football all my life and, you know, my aspiration was to be in this, in this moment where I'm getting drafted playing in the NFL and to be uh, drafted to such a special team like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, I'm just, I just feel so uh, blessed about it and uh, surreal. Yeah, we talked virtually and, uh, you know, I assume that uh, Browns are one of the teams that will pick me just from my conversation uh, with the coach and uh, talking to my agent. You know, coming into today, uh, you know, he, he had a list of teams that were considering me uh, today. And, uh, they're one of them. And, you know, I'm glad that they were the ones that picked me. Yeah, uh, you know, that was one of my, my key things. One, one to uh, be the outcome of this draft, coming into a room where, you know, I'm, I'm given opportunity. And I feel as though I'll be given opportunity uh, at Cleveland. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to put in every ounce that I can to uh, succeed and help the team win. And, uh, you know, I just want to I just want to make sure, you know, bring the winning tradition I had in college uh, to Cleveland. Jacob Phillips is a versatile player for sure. Uh, but the Browns passed on Dayton Flyer, Adam Troutman, as well as Alex Highsmith from Charlotte. And of course, we can't forget the player that went directly after him, which is Malik Harrison from The Ohio State University. To add insult to injury, Harrison unfortunately goes to the crab cake capital of the United States and is now forced to play professional football with the Ravens. He also joins J.K. Dobbins in the Mid-Atlantic region. What a truly frightening prospect. (laughs) But I guess we'll touch on that a bit later. 
We'll be back with day three and the conclusion of our show right after this break. You're listening to Straight No Chaser. I am your host, Thelonious Seven, on Dogs by Nature. On fourth down, and Gillen takes it and left puts it down the field. And look at this, way, way back, and it bounces away from Chester Rogers inside the 10-yard line, and it's going to be touchdown by the Prawns at about the 9-and-a-half-yard line. He hit it from his own two. It's a 74-yard punt. It was like as soon as I got off the phone, everybody's kind of looking at me like, what was that, you know? And I just kind of said, you know, like I'm in Tennessee next week and everybody just started going crazy. After round one and two, I was giddy. I feel a bit iffy about missing out on some of the Buckeyes in day two. But let's be clear. Even though I might have wanted to go in a different direction with some of these picks, I have to say that this organization looks more prepared and more unified in the culture that they're trying to build. I've been adamant about how much better general managers get with experience. I feel like Barry was patient and let the draft come to him. He was also smart about um, taking undervalued assets and moving back. But with the ninth pick in the fourth round, the Browns selected Harrison Bryant, the 6'5 tight end out of Florida Atlantic. The thing that sticks out most about this pick is that he had over 1,000 yards receiving on 65 catches in the 2019 season. He made plays, and he especially did this in a way that moves the sticks. He seems like he is a security blanket for his quarterback, no matter where he is. Let's hear from Bryant as he now joins the Browns in their skill position group. Uh, you, You know, obviously... Uh, I've had a few teammates play at F- or from FAU at the Browns and heard a lot of great things. And, and when I got that call, I was extremely excited and, and just ready to go up there and go to work and do whatever I can to help the team win. Uh, just knowing uh, how Coach Stefanski and um, in his recent play calling years and, and the OC's play calling years, how they use tight ends, uh, just coming into that situation with some other great tight ends uh, and just being able to be in three, two tight end sets with them is just going to be a really cool situation and just ready to go to work. Now, I have to admit, I'm slightly upset about not getting Alberto Wegmanum, uh, the tight end from Missouri. But at the same time, this guy definitely seems productive. He was a, an incredible pass catcher. And I, Baker does need a security blanket, a big tight end target that can make plays over the middle on third down for him. So no problem with this pick in and of itself. Now, the pick after this, we have the selection of center uh, Nick Harris. Nick Harris, of course, the six foot one, 302 pound center out of Washington. Let's hear from Nick right now. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm excited, man. This is a, a dream I've had for, you know, since I can remember. Um, you know, I've been playing football since a young age. So, um, I'm excited. I'm ready to get to work when all this stuff clears up and I just want to play football again. So I appreciate the Cleveland Browns organization for, you know, taking the chance on me and giving me an opportunity. Um, you know, like you said, you know, just because I played center the last two years, um, you know, I feel comfortable there. But um, I also feel comfortable at guard wherever I can get on the field the fastest and, you know, contribute. It will, will be good for me because, I mean, I have those two years playing guard. So, 
um, you know, anywhere, anywhere I can just start playing football will be good. Admittedly, I don't know much about Nick Harris. Uh, he's a, a lineman from the Pac-10. I didn't really get a chance to watch the tape from him, but we'll keep a close eye on his development as we get closer to training camp, if we get closer to training camp. <laughs> now, the last of these picks is a guy named Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones attended university in an area that lies to the north of Toledo. You know, you choose a college at a time when your brain isn't fully developed. He made what turned out to be a terrible decision. And he's paid for it by having to catch passes from Shea Patterson. I believe that now is the time for us to welcome DPJ into the dog pound and offer him the ceremonial branch of amnesty that I gave to Baker when he was selected at number one in 2018. It's a time for new beginnings in a draft that was loaded with wide receiver talent. This guy could be the steal of the draft. Wonderful size, adjusted speed, hands to win contested catches, and not the best route runner. But let's see if working with two of the best can help him develop the skills of his craft. Um, I, it's great because I actually got the got a chance to meet both of them. Um, actually, you know, was getting some tips from Jarvis while I was down in Florida training for the for the NFL Combine. So, um, me and him have started to develop our relationship, and man, I mean, you know, those guys are Pro Bowl guys. I, I just can't wait to learn from them. The Cleveland media was in rare form <laughs> for these these interviews. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones had to answer that question at least two other times. And to be fair, it's weird to do interviews on an online platform like that. I, I totally get it. But at the same time, what I was really impressed with was how calm Donovan Peoples-Jones came off, even doing such absurd questioning. Check out his response in this one. Hey, Donovan. Um, you know, we heard so much talk about this receiver class, draft class, and how deep it was. Um, and you said you're going to keep a list of all the guys in front of you. I just am curious, where do you think you ranked in this class? And was it tougher because there were so many quality wideouts available? Um, I, I'm not even one to, you know, speak on that. I think that, you know, the rankings will reveal itself in the next couple of years. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this organization and blessed to get a chance. Someone who can pivot like that definitely has a future as a route runner. So there you have it. Uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to take a quick peek at our AFC North rivals and see how their draft stacks up to the draft that we had here in Cleveland. Your 2020 Cleveland Browns draft class is seven deep, starting off in the first round with Jedrick Wills. Second round pick, Grant Delpit, Jordan Elliott, and Jacob Phillips went in the third. Harrison Bryant in the fourth. Nick Harris, center from Washington in the fifth. And Donovan Peoples-Jones from somewhere north of Toledo in the sixth round for the Cleveland Browns. Now compare that to what happened in the greater Allegheny region otherwise known as Northeastern West Virginia. 
The Steelers traded their first round pick last year for Minka Fitzpatrick. They start with their second round pick, Chase Claypool, out of Notre Dame. Third round pick is Edge Alex Smith from Charlotte. Anthony McFarlane Jr. is a running back from Maryland. He went in the fourth round to the Steelers. Kevin Dotson from the Raging Cajuns, an offensive guard, joins them in the fourth round. Maryland safety Antoine Brooks Jr. joins them in the sixth. And Carlos Davis, defensive tackle from Nebraska, rounds out the group in the seventh. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't feel incredibly intimidated by that draft. However, I can't say the same about the draft from the team residing in the crab cake capital of America. The Ravens in their first round selection went with Patrick Queen. Their second round pick was J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State University. We talked about earlier in the show, a crushing pick for Buckeye fans. The Ravens had four third round picks. They started things off uh, with Justin Madubuque, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Then they went with Devin DuVernay from uh, Texas. That's a big wide receiver that they got there at pick 28. And then, of course, the coup de gras, Malik Harrison. Malik Harrison finds his way to the Chesapeake region. And they finished the third round out with Tyre Phillips, the offensive tackle from Ole Miss. Offensive guard Ben Bredenson from the University of North joins their team from the fourth round. Broderick Washington Jr., defensive tackle from Texas Tech. And Geno Stone from the Iowa Hawkeyes joins them as a safety prospect. Now, this draft class isn't as scary top to bottom as it could be, but some of the guys they got and where they got them, particularly the guys from Ohio State, just wonderful, masterful job of managing the draft process, building the draft. It's why that team is so difficult to deal with year in and year out. And finally, the team that had the most capital did the most for themselves through this draft. Man, the Cincinnati Bengals were incredible. Of course, they made the no-brainer at the top with Joe Burrow. But then, the first pick of the second round, T. Higgins, excellent selection. The third round going back with Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither to bolster their linebacking core at the top of the third and the fourth rounds. Additionally, Khalid, oh, sorry, Khalid Kareem, the edge from Notre Dame, Hakeem Adenji from Kansas, the guard, as well as Marcus Bailey, rounding things out for them, the linebacker from Purdue. Essentially, the Bengals took shots at the top of each round, and they did not miss very often. So what do you think? Who do you think had the best draft? Which team helped themselves the most in the AFC North? How do you see the pecking order going into the 2020 season? Will we even have a 2020 season? I guess stay tuned to Dogs by Nature for the latest 
news and information on your favorite team that the Cleveland Browns well with that we'll put this one in the books thanks for taking time out of your daily schedule to make Dogs by Nature Radio a part of your day once again I am your host Lonia7 you've been listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio take care and go Browns <laughs>